Welcome to Beer Massive, a collection of good beer-centric conversation, interviews, editorials, reviews, and more from a collective of centrally like-minded yet individually opinionated good beer fanatics. From podcasts born in the present, or from our massive library of brewer interviews from years past, we hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do enjoy what you're here, please subscribe. Feel free to reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram on tap, at Massive Beers, or email us individually at massivebeers at gmail.com. How you doing, guys? Today we're going to be joined by Augie Carton of Carton Brewing and uh, Steal This Beer podcast. Uh, in the previous iteration of my podcast, when it was a radio show, I had Augie on twice. First as a, just, you know, brewer of Carton Brewing, but then we did a segment on coffee, uh, putting coffee into beers. Um, this time we um, reached out to him to be on the Beer Massive podcast. And uh, he said, yeah, come on down. Uh, let's do that. But uh why don't you come on his podcast, Steal This Beer, and kind of do a flip-flop thing. Uh, go down there and record his podcast and then record mine. Um, so what you're about to hear is my interview with him at Barcade in Jersey City at 6 o'clock, not 5 o'clock. Um, but then next week you're actually going to see here, or see, I don't know if you can actually see it, but you're going to hear it. You're going to hear his Steal This Beer podcast interviewing me. So me as the interviewee instead of interviewer, which is a little bit weird, but um, he's much better at it, as you can see, uh, in this podcast coming up. So, uh, yeah, enjoy this one. Um, check him out at Carton Brewing. Um, also, check out Steal This Beer. And like I said, next week you will hear that episode with me on his podcast. And, um, yeah, hopefully enjoy both. Cheers. How's it going, guys? Uh, Beer Massive podcast. Yeah, a little What do you want to call it? Awesomeness? Yeah, awesomeness, collaboration, uh, worlds collide. Yeah. Well, back here with a little bit of goodness. Actually, in Jersey City, which is weird because I have not been here since I was a little baby. Um, but I met Brad halfway because that's what I do. He's my soulmate. Yeah. Even though he's uh, defected to... Uh, hetero life, man. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, we'll put it that way. He still has my soul, bits and pieces. Yeah, so Kevin coined that phrase about Jay and Silent Bob, and it's always been my favorite description for a dude I spend way too much time with. <laughs> yeah, yeah talk, about, talk about dudes spend way too much time with. We have uh, Augie Carton of Carton Brewing. Hello. We are in a Barcade in Jersey City. It's just after 5 o'clock. No, uh, uh, <laughs> we just got uh, done doing Steal This Beer, which Augie is part and parcel of, along with uh, John Hall and Justin Kennedy, but it's just uh, uh, us and And Brian Augie. Cass, one out of nine times. Well, in spirit. Yeah. In spirit. But, uh, we're sitting here, going to chug a couple beers and um, talk what's what. So, um, I mean, what, what do you want to cover? I mean, we could sit here and talk about the podcast. We could talk about the brewery. We're talking about the brewery becoming fantastical. We're going to sit here and talk about Jersey. What do you want to do? Or all five? Well, or you, that four? you know me because you and I have done, besides having just done my show, Yeah, I've done your show twice in the past. And it was the radio show, yeah. yeah. And, and we've interacted in other ways on socials, and I just found out the biggest bomb ever, which I'm not giving away on nope. your show, but boy, is it going to fucking come up on my show. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we had a lot of good laughs about that. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I would feed these guys lines every now and then. I like, love, yeah. this shit. love it. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. You've literally shocked me. But what, are, what do you want to talk about? I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm opinionated I want to talk about on where, everything. Where, where you've come. I mean, uh, typical stuff, but uh, more where you've come from. Last time I talked to you, which was probably about two years ago, right? Um, you know, you, you went from 
doing your carton thing to doing the two roads thing to actually getting your brewery finally actually open, uh, potentially. Do you know what I mean? To do you know what I mean? Also becoming like Thin Augie and running <laughs> track doing the whole night. Trick. Like Skinny Augie can't do trick. you want to do you want to <laughs> compact all that into like a short concise thing or? or well, I'll I'll riff on the first three questions because they kind of tie together. Okay. Um, for a for a minute, and then you can guide it from there. But so, so we opened Carton. So, Jesus, I don't want to bore anybody who knows the basics of the story, but my cousin and I are neighbors. We live on a two and a half mile dead end road about a quarter mile apart. And between us are my mom and his dad. And his dad lives in the house our grandfather raised our dad's in. So all of us, for three generations of my family, have lived on the same road. My kids are the fourth generation of our family being raised on the... Well, my kids and Chris's kids are fourth generation of our family on this road. And that is about three miles from the brewery. Everybody before us, going back to when our families immigrated from Ireland, a great-great-grandfather level, lived in Middletown on a farm. So we've never lived anywhere else. So at some point, Chris bought a house down there, and then I bought a house down there after, you know, when you're 20s, you go out and live your life for a bit, and then when it's time to have kids, we both moved home. Yeah. Chris had done a renovation on the house he grew up in um, and added a kegerator to it because we love drinking beer. And so this is 2007, 8, 9. Um, and basically on Fridays, I'm going over his house. We've got a good liquor store in our neighborhood that's getting us kegs of what at the time was considered specialty unique. And we're talking seriously good stuff like Nugget 60 and uh, Hibernator and all these other beers. Hey, John Hall, who forgot his sippy cup? Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're doing all this drinking. And Chris is a lawyer. There's other stuff going on. I'm, um, my wife's best friend is homebrewing on a homebrew kit. That's the Jesse Augie story. Yep. The Innerborough Jesse. Innerborough Jesse now, but Carton Jesse back then. Um, and. That New Yorker had just done a Sam Caligione thing that kind of got me excited. And all these things are going on. It's, you know, it's, it's an important part of craft. It's changing. People are no longer trying to make... Like, we're going from the second to the third generation where people are not trying to prove that there's good beer in the world that we can make well and you should take seriously. They're now truly trying to do their own things, having proven that. So that's when I get excited about brewing and the idea and all that. But mostly, Chris and I can't get a fucking keg from New Jersey for our house. When we opened Carton in 2011, we were the 13th brewery in New Jersey. And Kane and Kate May had just opened within, like, Kane was two weeks before us. Kate May was four months before us. So there were 10. Then all of a sudden there were 13. Now there's 90. But back then it was very frustrating. Two guys so Jersey and so in love with Jersey that we couldn't get. There were some breweries, don't get me wrong. Flying Fish and, and yep. River Horse, but yeah. they were essentially Philly breweries. Yep. Then there was High Point and Cricket Hill, and they were essentially New York breweries, and nobody was really a Jersey brewer for Jersey. So I turned to my very good lawyer cousin, Chris, who's now my business partner, and say, you're a lawyer. Figure out why this doesn't exist. Is, there, is it hard to open breweries in New Jersey? Because if it isn't, I think we should open a brewery. This is ridiculous. I can definitely make beers at a level. Figure it out. Chris comes back with, it's not that hard. So we put together a business plan and we did it. But the genesis of it is there's interesting shit going on in beer and we should, have a, we should be able to get a Sixtal for our house. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Two Roads Project is the Sixtal for our house thing. 
right? Because what happens is we immediately have some luck. If Carton Brewing, the brewery, only made Boat Beer or O-Dub, we could get away with just that business model, right? There's demand for all that. But to keep it interesting to us, to keep it interesting to our neighbors, to be a business I want to be, I think I got to make all this other weird stuff. And making the weird stuff is very gratifying to me when I do it right. So we were losing the hopes of having standby beers at your liquor store that if you're a guy with a normal job who wants a fucking four-pack of good beer from Jersey, you can get. So Two Roads was our way to do that. Finally, there was a contract brewery close enough to Jersey on the same water table as Northern Jersey that we could make the kind of beers we wanted to make and control that and at a big enough scale to keep them cheap, right? So the, the Two Roads beers are just meant to be, you've got your heady, you've got your Pliny, you've got your O-Dub, you've got your head high, you've got your whatever, but it's fucking Tuesday you don't want to necessarily go nuts for a whatever. You want a 5 6 7% beer. You can have one or two cans. You know it's going to be good. You know it's recently made. You know it's made close. And it's the kind of flavors you want out of a bigger beer. So those are five recipes I developed for that. And it just rotates seasonally. It's a stout in winter. It's a pale ale in spring. Session ale in summer. And a rye pale in fall. And then there's an IPA spritz through. And we make them 300 barrels at a time. So it's in every store we're in with 10 or 12 cases there. So it's not taken too importantly. We keep them cheap, 12, 13, 14 bucks. If you ever see them beyond that, people are doing the wrong thing. And it's just meant to be like, oh, I like Carton. And fuck, Boat's a cool beer. I fuck with that. Or Dove's a cool beer. I fuck with that. Here's one I can buy for 12 bucks, throw in the fridge and not stress. And it'll last for three months in your fridge. It'll last in the store. So those are them. Now, part of that is because we've been opening this bigger brewery for five fucking years on a one-year project. So we believed we'd get to those types of beers in our own house. And four years later, we weren't. And four years later, it was getting harder and harder to make beers we wanted to make. So that's why we sought that out. Now, the numbers thing is confusing to people because 300 barrels at Two Roads once a month means we make as much beer at Two Roads as we do in Atlantic Highlands. Yeah. Like, we brew in Atlantic Highlands 15, 20 times a week. Yeah. We brew in Two Roads one day a month. We make the same amount of beer at Two Roads we do here. So that's where we're trying to be artful and dodgy and crafty and fun and fuck around and make beers for our community. But part of that is we can make a beer that only lasts a month or a beer that's totally experimental. Because there's just never going to be enough of it to sit on the shelves long. The minute you start making 300 barrels of beer at a time, you need it to be a recipe that's going to be okay on the shelf for six, eight weeks. Yeah. And having a foot in both of those worlds, I think, makes me happy creatively. So it's almost like the two roads was just, it had to be done because it took way too long for the brewery to open. You actually do the two roads thing and you actually specifically create or, or scale beers to be two roads beers as opposed to doing your core beers at two roads well more i conceive them to not rely too much on a dry hop mm-hmm. to not rely too much on a yeast to not rely too much on a you know what i mean they're drinking beers like as much as i fucking adore and love drinking some of these amazing you know crazy bombed out modern neutered ipas and i love making them can't really make them 
at that kind of scale. They can't yeah. be on every store in your community. They just won't last that long. Mm-hmm. One, people care less about when they see them in stores, so they don't buy them as quick. Yeah. I mean, so, so you could make those beers a carton, but if you're going to make them for that purpose... Something's gonna, something yeah. else is going to suffer. You're not going right. to be able to make, but right. you're not going to make... And whatever. doing that lets carton be nimble with our fuck. Okay. And then, you, so you do that now... First thing that pops in my head, when you open your new brewery, when it does open, are you bringing those beers back to Jersey or? Okay, so at this point, we are brewing in there. Okay. It may be another two years before people drink in there, but mostly because when I moved everything over to this new house to brew, I got a lot more room in the old house. So that the priority was more tanks making more beer so that we could do more beers. Okay. But so right now, if you're in stores in New Jersey near us, you're seeing a version of Beach brewed a carton that says overhopped and then all the normal words, right? If you're in New York or Philly and other parts of Jersey and you see the Two Roads can of Beach, you're seeing the Beach recipe. Okay. Right? So that's the Beach beer designed for Two Roads system, which is meant to be very fun for you to drink in the summer of 2018. We brewed it last month. We'll brew it again next month. 600 barrels worth of cans will hit stores. It'll be fun. It'll sell out in a couple months. It'll be great when you drink it, and it'll go away again. The one we brewed, we did like 60 barrels of, put it around us in Jersey. Basically, just my kind of fuckery once we have that one done as well. If we were only going to make 60 barrels of this, I'd add a dry hop, you know, at about five Play-Doh before it's terminal. And then I'd, you know, goose the dry hop this way. But since you know I fucking hate just saying double dry hopping for every time you add more hops, we call that overhopped. We also have a thing in the brewer calling auto-tuned with hops or auto-humaloned, <laughs> which is where you just pick one of those slutty hops and put a yeah. ton of it behind everything else. That's a great term, though. Thank you. <laughs> auto-tunes on everything. Yeah, auto-tune. Yeah. Just put some of that, you know, yeah. put some of that. The, you know, the, someone's going to dance to it. Hit You're that button that makes it sound like I'm good at singing. <laughs> so... Like leading up, you're talking about a, a five year plan uh, or a one year plan taking five years. The brewery's open, you're, you're actually making beer. The point I'm trying to get at is like it seems like in the past like year, Carton has kind of accelerated in a bunch of different directions, whether it be um, some of the different beers you've made, whether it be the ones that you uh, kind of made for two roads that on top of some of the you know collaboration stuff with you throwing out the whole Altier thing, right. and, and it seems like you're accelerating now more in the kind of new frontier front is that a combination of it's just more tanks yeah it's just more yeah, tanks, just more tanks. Uh, it's tanks. all the same be- tanks oh tanks. i've been living with six <laughs> tanks okay and now i have 10 and the four new ones are 60s right so carton okay. started with 330s we moved to 330s plus 345s in the first six months because we couldn't keep up with the 30s and then it took us till now to get four 60s because we needed a new building We'd maxed out the five-year Why business it take so plan. Long? The five-year business plan was to get to those 345s because we were nervous and young and thought nobody would want boat beer. Keep in mind, I make boat beers people shouldn't like. Like, I go out of my way to make beers that don't exist, right? Boat beer six years ago was this angry little aggressive, when everybody was selling $5 instead of 4 because it would get you drunk, we were making a smaller beer than Bud with six times the hopping, right? We're like, nobody's going to like this beer except 20 people. So we need to find those 20 people. And that was the idea. So we thought we had five years of building people trusting us for our fuckery, right? We're never trying to make anybody happy. 
We're trying to get, like if you go to that very first thing I wrote about Carton, I talked about it in terms of a conversation. We're just looking for people that like the way we think and think that way, and we're looking for that conversation with them, and I thought it would take forever to find that group. So all of a sudden, we're a year in, and we're at our five-year business plan, so we make a plan to build a, build, build a building in a year that'll house more stuff. That's the part that took five years. So right now, we're right where we should be six years later, but it took us five years you know, we needed to be here five years ago. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no. It makes I, sense. And I, yeah. I think, like, you showed up on the radar for me, um, Cosmonaut. Oh, thank you. And, and, and that, like, I like darker beers, and just the, the flavors in it, it was great. And I was just like, wow, like like you said, here's somebody that's just doing something because you can tell they want to do it. They don't care if it if it widely accepted. Right. But it's like, hey, we did this, try it. But So, so that speaks to me and why I don't think as many people should like us I don't think as many people that like us should I'm happy they do I'm always surprised but that's a great one of those right like I was talking about the fact that the Russian Imperial we were working on tasted like chocolate vanilla and strawberry because we'd used the Galena hops and we'd done this and that I was like and when you smell it do you smell chocolate vanilla and strawberry you know we're playing that game there's all these ice cream shenanigans going on when I bring beers out of the house so I'd be like, it's neat that it smells like ice cream. And then we talked about adding chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry to it. And I was like, if we do that, it's going to lose the beeriness. It'll just be a flavored fucking beverage, and then we can just make a malt liquor and add those flavors. Yeah. So then I was like, but if we use astronaut ice cream, I think the yeast will eat all the sugar, leaving just a whisper of chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. So we did that. We wrote it. Half the world got mad at us because it says Neapolitan on it, and it really doesn't smell like strawberry as much as it suggests strawberry. And that's when I learned that I'm just a very bad communicator and it takes a thousand words to say ten. But is it isn't it also <laughs> like isn't it also the people that drink are drinking it and you, it's Jersey. You're talking about like, oh we make beers that people won't fucking like. That's fucking Jersey. But right. someone also <laughs> saying, Oh, it yeah. doesn't taste like fucking strawberries, it's right. fucking Jersey too. Oh yeah. So where do you find the fucking happiness and it, it, for, be trying to be Jersey but at the same time you're dealing with Jersey. Well for me it's in the conversation. And if you pay attention to Carton on most social medias, you'll see that I'm perfectly willing to engage the biggest douchebag. The guy that <laughs> scares the hell out of every little brewery in the world. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> and I try to be respectful, and I try to be fun, and I try to be engaging, and I never try to troll a troll. But I really do enjoy the argument and the conversation because I'm also very confident in the decisions I've made. So I believe my job is to explain to you why I made them. And if you think I'm wrong, then in my mind, you're wrong. Right? But if... If this is what I wanted and you don't see what I did, then I fucked up. But if you read strawberry and are mad it doesn't taste like a Pop-Tart, then we got to have a conversation. Because I don't fucking like Pop-Tarts, right? I'm a savory guy. I want a cheese that reminds me of strawberries far more than I want jelly on cheese. And, the, and then that's like like with the Russian Imperial. You yeah. know, when I think of the style or whatever, like I want roast, I want body, I want this. And when you get the hints of vanilla strawberry chocolate like that's perfect because like you, if not you're getting into the pastry stout like oh I just ate a cake right well what's so fun what's so funny about that is and I like the pastry shout has become a thing because now people call them pastry stouts but what Russian means is bitter right the difference between an imperial American stout and a Russian stout is it's bitter so when I was trying to bitter up a stout and using Glena hops to do it, I was getting strawberry aromatics. Yeah, but there's also, like, a lot of people have taken a Russian Imperial stout and got it so fucking bitter, it's not even funny. 
You don't even got any other end of space. But that's a neat choice if you're then going to barrel age it, right? If you go so fucking bitter and then you use the vanilla and sugar flavors of a barrel to tone that bitterness down, it's interesting. My problem is when you know that somebody bought a Russian Imperial Stout from another brewery, so you call it Russian Imperial Stout for no credible reason. It should be a bitter beer. Even if you put vanilla ice cream in it, as I have, it should be a bitter beer. Otherwise, just don't call it Russian. It's like it's like calling a New England IPA an IPA. Just don't. Just call it modern hazy hoppy beer or MHP or something. Like, like use the right words and talk about what you've done rather than trying to take a marketing corner, which is everybody buys IPAs. So no matter what you do, call it an IPA. Well, you were talking about like that, um, like not trying to use double dry hops. You're talking about. Right well, now, all my beers are double dry hops, right, so writing it on something. I'm, I'm, I'm riffing off that right, right. to steal this beer <laughs> joke on double dry hops right. about using words. Yeah. Like, how, like, what do you do? Do you sit at night, like, looking up labels and names for beers and, and, and just be like, why are these people using new words? Or you just couldn't give a shit? You just keep your head so, down and do the beers that you make and do what you do? Well, I do what I do, and I try to explain what I'm trying to do. But I've learned certain things in the parlance because I'm out in the culture, right? I'll just be out in a bar talking to a couple guys. And this actually came up on our show a couple of weeks ago, but somebody was asking about the last time I bought a beer based on its label, like label art matters and yeah. what, do you, what do you think of these labels? And I was like, I don't think I've actually selected a beer in 15 years, but I also haven't selected a meal or a wine, right? Like I'm, I'm to the point, and I live in a part of the world that have so many options, that if I'm out making that kind of choice, you get to get me back as a customer based on how well you make that choice for me. So I try to know how to have the conversation. I try to tell you what I like and what I enjoy. But I'm that guy in the restaurant who says to the waitress, between these three things, what would you get? And when they tell me, I go with their answer. Right? I'm not fishing and being silly. I'm, like, I'm not like, would you have the fish or the steak? Ah, you know what? I wanted the chicken anyway. Like if I say, do you want the fish or steak? They pick. When I'm at a bar with Justin, he'll tell you. I'm like, what am I drinking? And he'll pick. But the problem is then what I need to do once I've formed an opinion of that beer is know why the decisions were made. And I'm lucky enough that I get to have real conversations with a lot of guys making those decisions and I know what they're doing. But I also don't always have that answer. There's nothing more frustrating than getting a beer that says DDHD IPA and being like, you know, I know other half. I know Trillium. So I know what they mean when they write it. But then I see it by another guy, and I think it's going to be that because that's my context. Mm -hmm. And it's not that. And I'm like, well, what does their DDH mean? And they're like, well, double dry hop. I'm like... But that's not a thing in this context, as that, I understand. Do you think it. that matters? Do you th- Absolutely. Like, do you think Absolutely. there should be like I understand like the general public can weed through that, or, or the 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 one percent beer nerd can weed, well, I'm weed through August- those things. But I'm talking about like the general public that is getting into beer, like they're yeah. just assuming all these words make sense, but then they don't to them. Like, does it end up being something that needs to be defined? Well, I'm I'm talking argue the consumer, not argue the brewer when I talk about that. But when I see those words, so here's the thing, like. So all right, so I think they still overdo it, but I've always thought the Brewers Association overdoes their you gotta make good beer and when we mean good beer we mean what Charlie Papazin wrote was good beer forty two years ago. It's yeah. gotta be clear and clean and free from these nine things. Yeah. Except when these nine things are part of a style guideline we wrote down. And that makes me fucking crazy, right? Because 
the diacetyl is my favorite. I'm not super diacetyl sensitive. I've learned to taste it because I'm a brewer and I want to know when it's there. And I get why some people don't like it. But only in the world of beer nerdism is the flavor of butter a bad thing. Right? There's yeah. no other place where anybody puts anything that tastes like butter in their mouth. Sex. Like, this sucks. And a lot of these <laughs> disagree. Last thing no. on Paris. Do, have you never poured butter on someone you love? Try it. No. It's I'm, a, I'm a margarine guy. Total <laughs> sex. To- sex and margarine? Dude, it's yeah. Total it's, benefit. It's Pour butter on somebody you love. Um, but anyway. But di- diacetyl is like another interesting one because when you get into darker beers, it's not butter anymore. Well, when it you get into flavors. most New England IPAs, it's what they like. Yeah. Right? And not all. And not the ones I love. But like, I find in a lot of New England IPAs. But so, so who's mad at butter except guys who were held to an idea three years ago? But the reason I bring them up in those guidelines and those whatevers is what I really think matters is miscommunicating. Because if you're being lazy and you're using letters you know people buy and not talking about what you're actually doing, the person who expects DDHD IPA to taste like this and your definition meant something else and you get one of these Belgian IPAs that aren't another half IPA and the cloviness upsets you and you don't get it, that's how you lose a customer because they think it's confusing, they think it's fancy, and they think it's a culture when they don't know that it's just lazy. Right? So, so I try to communicate what I've done and the decisions I've made, and I try to be available for the conversation. And I believe that's my job as a small brewery to the people. When I have a marketing department, my marketing department is going to fucking answer those questions all day, every day. See, uh, now that I don't fucking believe, because you're by far and away the most active person in the history. Because I can't afford a marketing department. No, 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 no. I think that's part. No, I don't think that. No, that's 100 percent true. (laughs) If I could afford, you know, Kurt Brewing still hasn't paid me. No, you think it's ever going to pay a marketing guy? Kurt Brewing is just a labor of love. It is not a profit. But there has to be something inside you that also is like just. There's a itch that you have to scratch with all these people out there saying things, talking about things, doing things, combined with being in Jersey and Jersey being the way they are. I mean, like, you know, me moving to Jersey and dealing with some of the, you know, New Jersey fan groups and things like that would deal with a beer. Yeah, the best in the history of mankind. I make them crazy. Yeah, they're fantastic. But there has to be some pleasure you find in it or at least something that's just like an autistic neurotic scratch thing. I, I like to joke that I have a wonderful combination of ADD. And what's the other one? What do you, what do you, what do you Justin doesn't want to say. OCD. All right, if you're not going to talk, can you go get us three more beers? I've got a check open. Yeah, I can do that. Go get us three beers. You pick them. Uh, but ADD and OCD, right? I've got these two yeah. things that just don't work because I will obsess on it until I've decided it's okay and then I move the fuck out and never come back. But um, but that's a joke. So, yeah, whatever, dude. You pick Um, But... But that's the conversation, right? I'm intrigued by the conversation. I'll have the conversation with a fan and an asshole and a troll and whatever. But I'm always looking to test the boundaries of where a conversation go. Can I learn? Can I teach you? Can we come together and make an agreement? And sometimes I get involved in conversations I very much regret getting involved in. But sometimes it's, it's fascinating. And those conversations, like I said, the very first thing I wrote a carton has the word conversation in it and it pisses some people off like there's people who read Augie and Chris decided the conversation on craft beer got interesting and they're like how pretentious is that but it really is what attracts me to it this I adore talking beer is what yeah. I do and, and like I said um, with my role in the industry and similar with yours I feel it's like you're a tour guide 
like you need to find out what that person likes and why they like it and then like be like oh you like that flavor profile or, or that hopping or this we have these beers right. you know and I think it, it is it's one long conversation that never ends and it's just where you're going to stand and like how much knowledge you have and not to be able to get upset if someone has a different opinion but find out why they have that opinion like why don't they like diacetyl why don't they like you know I mean all flavors to an extent are just off flavors when they hit a certain point right and, and your perception level. Yeah. But, 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 but more importantly, back to that part of it, and this is me, Augie the consumer, not Augie the brewer, again. I know there's guys that use DDH, DIPA on their label for completely authentic and organic reasons. And then I believe there's a bunch of people to do it because they think it'll get you to pay three more dollars. There's the hipster. There's a guy that wakes up in the morning, rolls out of bed, and he <laughs> walks out his door, and he looks like a fucking hipster. And this guy that spends two hours trying to look like but, that but, guy that rolled But I'm talking about the guy that's writing it on a can. Yeah. yeah what I'm yeah. saying is if you're not defending what you meant when you wrote that, I think you're just bullshit. Well, yeah, because there's just terms and there's things that there's things people, people, people buy things because of a money. term. No, but like, not why people buy them, why you've used that term. Why not say, like, like, to this point, it's almost like I'm trolling the entire industry. If you buy my last couple beers that were just kind of quick ones out, I've literally written every single ingredient and every single thought that went into its conception on the can. Because I don't want anybody to be unclear on what I'm doing. Um, I think this is the Von Trapp, or I hope it is. He knows I like to drink sessionable lagers, but, but we'll ask him when he gets it is. back. It is? Yeah. I, I have it earlier today. Really good. Super tasty. What's the biggest... I mean... What's the question I want to ask? I did that thing where you had questions to ask and I just started talking. I'm sorry. No, no, no that's okay. <laughs> I get it. In both portions of the show, you just talk. So that's you, what you I know, do. That's, hey, that's what you do. I have so um, many thoughts. <laughs> I have to get out. <laughs> Go on. You. So you're opening Victory up the tap Victory Hills and Von Trapp? Sure. Fine enough. Uh, you're, you're, Great, Great Lakes Pillsbury. How far Which are you? Which one's Great Lakes? This one? Yeah. Right, how, how far are you out from actually getting people into the, into the new place, walking around and they're drinking a beer? And here's the fun part about that. The complete answer is I have no fucking idea. Okay. <laughs> um, and I don't care. I want that Wait, No, you do care. No, I don't care. Um, here's why. I want that room to be the best it can be. And that room being the best it's going to be costs a ton of money. And the fact that it took five years to build that building means I shouldn't put a ton of money into that room now. We should figure out who we're going to be and if we can make the money to afford the room I want. And will we know that in six to eight months? Yes. So do I hope I have that room ready by next summer? Yes. But if we've gotten to a point in six to eight months where I believe that room's potential can be fulfilled to what I envisioned it as five years when I drew it on a napkin then it means it's worth waiting and doing right rather than rushing and getting done for next summer. So it's just this yin-yang torture of all of your best hopes and dreams where I just can't fucking tell you. Right now I'm producing beer in there and I'm literally, as you said, I'm puking these ideas I've been sitting on because I didn't have tanks. Right? Even with Two Roads making our fridge beers and Carton making only fuck-around beers, I haven't gotten a fuck around with London Ale Yeast in four years. 
London Ale yeast is what all my favorite friends are using. I'm finally throwing London Ale in a fucking beer again. Jesus, that's nuts. Like, fuck, dude, there's entire hops. I want to know how Enigma plays with Citra and Vic Secret or whatever, and I haven't been able to do that because I've been trying to keep up with Boat and Dub, trying to make the fridge beers at Two Roads, and still trying to figure out what Basil does in an IPA with Cape May. <laughs> right? Like, like I just... I just want to be that. I want to know that people stick by us through all the fuckery and that I don't just make... Because like, I could just shut the place down and make O-Dub and it would have bought itself 50 times over. So it's more like uh, it's a more money, more problem thing. Like, I'll open up a new brewery. No, we have all no money. Extra. You're not listening. No, 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 money. no, 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 no. <laughs> no money, no, no, no problem. I mean, I mean, as far as you open up a new brewery, you're like, I'll have all this time to experiment now. You open up and you're like, I still don't have fucking time. Well, I think that's the four-year. No, to, to, to clarify, because I didn't say clearly, four years of ideas that didn't get brewed are flowing out of me probably for the next two years. Like, there are whole beers I've said, all right, let's do this. All right, so it, all right, so let's digress to something I hope people find interesting, but I'm not a brewer. I'm a chef. Yeah. I've done some brewing. I know how to brew. I know the broad strokes of brewing, and if I'm forced to write a recipe, I can write a recipe that we can brew, and I believe it'll be a sound and tasty beer. But mostly what I do is come up with ideas I'd like to try brewing, and then I keep a mixture of pro brewers slash home brewers we've cultivated into talent to fuck around with me. But I walk in and say things like, all right, here's what we're going to do. I think if we use green coffee beans at 60 minutes, they'll be similarly bitter to hops. So we can throw all the hops out of a recipe and use green coffee beans at zero, whole coffee beans at 60, and ground coffee in the dry hop on a classic German Pilsner recipe and make a beer that has a coffee feeling in spite of every place you would put a hot bean coffee. And my brewers throw their hands up, run out, get high, and then they come back and talk to me. <laughs> and I want to work on that. That project can't be done in two moves. Like me saying, all right, throw some oats, you know, golden naked oats, Flaked oats, 30%. Let's see what these four hops do. So now I'm hoping to get to a mix where we've got all those going on, right? The old brewery's turning sour. I'm calling that project OWC. So that's, you know, original wooden carton or original wooden creations. But everything in there is going to be a Saison, a Berliner, or a um, proper Lambic. Different years of age. I've got seven-year-old beers in there now that we've been making this whole time, waiting to blend into new beers. And that's going to be a whole different project. And that's going to be, well, what the fuck happens if we put, you know, some weird berry I just found. Or one of my favorites I've been trying to get to is when I took my kids over to, um, to Denmark to drink. They had this, this kind of lemonade, weird, amazing little bud. I can't remember the name of it anymore. But it tastes like lemonade, even though it's a flower off a plant that they put with, like, aqua vit. So I'm dying to put all the things you put in Aqua V uh, into a Aquavit Berliner. Aqua is one of my favorites. But put all the yeah. things you spice Aqua V with into a Berliner with that. And then figure out where it goes. And I wish I could remember the name of this thing, but it's not coming to me right now because we've been drinking for three hours. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, but anyway, so I've got its juice and I've got its flowers and I'm going to fuck around with it. But i got to do it small, then big, and make sure it works. And I might have to dump that and then make it again. So that can eat up tanks for another six more years. Well, you're all you're talking about beers that are just you know 
there's more, way more to them than just throw it in the tank, get it done, turn it around, right. throw it out. But at the same time, you're talking about being a chef, and you're basically talking about, I, I know, or at least you, you know, the whole like uh, always confident, often wrong thing. I, I know flavor. How do you deal with that now that you're moving forward, going, doing a lot of collabs and stuff like, and like, let's make this beer. You guys figure it out, or is it, or do you bring more to the table when you do that than? Well, that's why I came up with Antalya, right? Mm-hmm. So, so. Atelier, so Atelier is the French workshop where artists or hairdressers or anybody that's a creative group gets together and does their art. And the ampersand means add. So my idea there is a just a different brand for collaborating. Because a lot of guys come to me because they want brand extension in New Jersey. And what they want to make is some version of Boat, some version of Dub that they can put their name on so everybody in New Jersey knows they're doing it. Now, if you're most brewers, I say eat shit and die. But if you're a brewer who's done shit I like, I counter with, or we can do something neither of us have ever done before. So your brand extension only works if I give you an out that isn't so-and-so came to Jersey and Augie talked him into Bergamot. You know what I mean? So that's the Antalya idea. It's something for us to hide behind, where it's Augie and... Matt got in the fucking brewery and just did fuckery. Yeah. But that's that. That's what that is, right? So so you're never coming to me to make a hazy IPA unless I love your hazy IPA. Right? When, when oh my god, now we're getting into the difference between East Coast IPAs and New England IPAs. But East Coast IPAs are a thing I believe in that everybody doesn't understand, which is there were West Coast and East Coast. West Coast were about what hops could do and staying out of the way of the hops and East Coast were about figuring out what hops could do early, late, middle with some malt, with some counter and when I talk about East Coast IPAs I mean heady, sip, um, 90, uh, flower power is probably my favorite, Yeah. right? O-Dub, my beer. All these beers were beers that weren't doing hops for bitter as much as hops and their potential. So there is some bitter, but there's also a lot of aromatic. There is some malt, but no real sweetness, right? Because the, the West Coast went to a point where they were just doing sugar to show off hops, right? We, we were rebalancing it. And then since then, the New England thing came out of, I think, guys like Kimmick and Lawson who were like, I don't fucking care what it looks like as long as it tastes the way I like. And then that rocketed to how far out can we move the hops? Right, so that's New England. We're East Coast. And what was I talking about when I started that argument? Because there was a reason I you wanted to You were talking about uh, your collaboration. No one's going to come right. and do it. So New if Lawson or Kimmick agrees to brew with me, I want to make an East Coast IPA with those guys. Yeah. Because they're important to what becomes the Eastern flavor, a subset of which is the New England flavor. Yeah. Right? But if, and I guess Cigar City. You know what I mean? Like the guys, the, the guys, and there's people. But, but aren't you talking about like you want to? But if do one of these guys make an East Coast IPA with them, because that is, they're, they're that's they they define right, and, and that's what they the do better than anybody. But when someone reaches out to you and says, "I want to make boat," isn't that what defines you? So why would you why would you buck somebody from wanting to do that when that's the same thing you would I'm do? Not with bucking them? it. They just they they're looking for brand extension. They're they're, the, the, they're, they're not understanding and, boat. Yeah. Right. If I go to so Lawson, I understand that they're just trying to get. Lawson and I talk about brewing, and a lot. Like he's a friend, and 
somehow the perfect beer hasn't been made. We, for three years, have tried to talk about collaborations. But every time I come up with something, it's a fleeting moment. I think it would be fun to do a Shawnee, like a whole new set of hops on our kind of thing, right? What if, what if we threw out all the hops we lean on and got a whole new set of hops? And then I did that with Trillium, and the world got mad at me for that because I didn't make it milky and fleshy and soft. I made it a little fucking angular and austere in East Coast. And everybody got mad at me because, like, Trillium doesn't make beers that are like this. I was like, no. It was funny because it got mad at you, not at Gene. Or not Gene, sorry, JC. No, but why would they get mad at JC? If JC made that but, same beer we made, JC would make a JC beer instead of an Augie beer. Yeah. And that beer is easy to love. I'm a huge fan of JC. JC yeah. makes. JC's like the John Hughes of brewing. <laughs> Nobody's mad at anything JC does because JC is. He's just such a wonderful, affable guy, and his beers are that, right? I'm kind of a dick. So my beers are kind of dicky. Well, yeah, but, but, but you're, like, you're talking about Jersey this. in weird ways. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, yeah, you're saying Jersey, East Coast. I mean, that's the East Coast. We're, Not all of us, because he's from the East Coast. No, we're, we're, we're dicks. <laughs> he's Boston. We're, we're assholes. Like, Boston's kind of famously assholes, no. especially if you're from Jersey. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, I, I like that collaboration brand name because it, it gives you guys... The ability that if you do it right with two different breweries or three different breweries, that you're all coming out of your comfort zone. Well, let you me, know, explain, so like, so, let so me like, explain it further because you guys can use it. Everybody can use it. So the whole idea of the Antalier was that's the name. And you would just put that word in the logo of whoever brewed it. Yeah. So my mind is two completely different people, right? Uh, Russian River and Green Flash could make an Antalier beer. And if they made it Russian River, it would go in their logo. And if they made, like, this is just something I wanted out there to give it's people something idea, to hide behind. Right. It's something I want people to hide behind to fuck around because I think too many people are being driven by trying to pick off shelf space from a guy making the same fucking beer. Jersey. Yeah, uh, Jersey. Just, uh, back to Jersey. Uh, what's the deal with it? Like, uh, we're close. You got like no, six minutes fine. to get we'll to We'll keep up. going. I'll take a later boat. <laughs> my wife will forgive you. This is too much fun. The, um, I'm gonna miss my boat, honey. What's the, what? Well, let's talk about that. Okay. Let's talk about boat. What what's going on with uh, Jersey and boat beers? Every every, every single person boat. making like, a boat let's beer. Let's talk about that for a minute. I don't know. It's is it flattering? Or should I wait about five more beers in and then ask? No, me? I don't. I, I don't think I'm bitchy about it. Although I think if you hear sound bites, I'm bitchy about it. I think I've been over why I call boat boat for a million times. And when I named a beer boat, everybody got mad at me. Like, that's just stupid. I'm like, no, it's the kind of beer you drink when you still got other shit to do that makes you happy, mm-hmm. right? You're and driving a boat, you're fishing, you're doing whatever. That, when you think of the Jersey Shore, right. you're going out on a boat, you're right. hanging out. But so that's a problem. Everybody in Jersey's made their boat beer. And I get that, right? Like Mike Kane has a sneak box, new place just opened up and named something Steamboat. There's some guys down south that have something called Swamp Boat or something. I don't mind that that's your inspiration. There are some weird crossovers, I find. When we find people in, like, the West Coast at a brew pub or Florida in a small brewery who've made a small 4.2 cold-sheasted citra hop beer and called it Boat. That, I think, is a problem. Now, we've learned... We actually had an episode on my podcast where a lawyer told me I got to sue them all yeah, to Dave. defend the trademarker I haven't mm-hmm. tried. So... It was, uh, what's his name? Up, uh, up in New York. He's... Uh, uh, who was it? Justin? Come on, Justin. 
Brandon, sorry, Brandon Palferman. Justin, you're like the best babysitter ever. Brent, <laughs> seriously, you shouldn't produce. You should just babysit Drunk Oggy. That's like, that is your skill set. Drunk Oggy's on mic. I'm going to stay around. Br- Brendan Palferman. Sorry. Yeah. It's, let's just call him Justin. Yeah. There you go. Um, Justin Palferman. Um, but anyway, so, so I was like, fuck, because I don't want to tell them to stop. But you need to. And good news is my partner is a lawyer and, and, and we have whatever. So we pick our battles and we try to handle it fairly. And we don't go after guys that, right? Like, if it's your own idea, it's not my fucking beer. So if you live in Minnesota and you named your but beer a lake so many, boat. There's so, many sim- there's so many ideas, for lack of a better term, are similar. There's, all right, but you drink boat. You're from around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No beer is boat. No, no, no. But, but that's so like that Instagram shit. People that copy JC and Sam and fucking Treehouse. And that's what I'm trying to get who to. Who think they get it and then make the wrong fucking beer. Like, boat is a thing yeah. that has more angles than... So if it, if it were a heartbeat graph, there'd yeah. be no round. It's all fucking peaks and valleys, right? Yeah. That's what makes boat boat. So... When somebody's like, oh, it's just what I'd like to drink on a boat, but it's a hazy IPA around seven, and I just happen to name it. Well, Strumke did yacht, but to be fair, Strumke is the closest ever. <laughs> but somebody else has yachts. Um, it's just, it's it, whatever. It's, it, it's mad at me when you're, when you're truly copying. I get that a boat is a fucking, like, there were boats before there were cars. I get why your instinct would be to use the word boat. That doesn't bother me. But it bothers me when you're basically just making about not saying like, did, so. All right, so fuck. This is you're right. I just got drunk enough to really fucking ramble. But um, <laughs> but Innerborough, not Innerborough, Industrial Arts and somebody else made a boat, a beer they called Hello Sailor, and wrote on their can, "This is an homage to boat and yacht." Right? Friends of ours make beers like this. We wanted to make a beer like this. You do that. Um, That's fucking awesome. Thank yeah. you. Fucking cool. Yeah. And thanks for this. But trying to be sneaky and having... But it, but the point I was trying to make through all that, isn't that Sorry. kind of like what everybody's doing now? Is everybody's trying to... Everybody's trying to make a facsimile of what everybody's doing. They're doing a pretty shitty job of it. Whereas if they were just trying to... Not everybody, but I said a good portion of the upstart breweries that are going at it now are trying to make somebody else's beer as opposed to making their own beer that just happens to be an homage to somebody else's beer? No, I think beer. you're wrong. I, think I, you I, I hope my faith in humanity is, is well-placed. No. But no, I think, I think what excites you, like I said, what excited me... God, this is so many fucking stories. Fuck. I should not drink a talk. Um, all right, so number <laughs> one. Number one, what excited me were beers like Flower Power, 90, Nugget, Pliny... Not the OGs. They're, they're way down yeah. line. But but what I'm saying is I was trying to make a small version of those in the form of boat. Right? I just wanted... Nobody was making because there was no way to make profit at 4.2. And since I was lucky enough not to care about profit, I could lose money on a beer. And I still lose money on boat. But I could do it at a scale and it would create a brand awareness and would let me fuck around with beers like coffee. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's why it was a good trade for me. But I could commit to it and make a 4.2 beer that uses fucking four pounds of hops per barrel and crush people's faces with hops and sell it for 10 bucks a four pack where everybody else would charge 20. That's Carton's boat in a nutshell, right? That, that's why nobody else can do it. They can't commit to the things I commit to. Now, that 
is me reinventing those doubles I was drinking so that I wouldn't get in trouble. One version of that, we threw Chico yeast in instead of Kulsh yeast to see what would happen. That becomes my O-Dub. Because when I tasted that beer, I was like, this is not the beer we want to make. It's not linear enough, but fuck, it's a good beer. Let's come back to it. Then we brew it. We brew it up to 7.8, and that's where it feels right. And I think if you put O-Dub next to Pliny and Hetty and Flower Power and all these beers I was drinking, it's a different beer. But if you truly know beer and how to taste, you get that we're all in a ballpark where I was like, all right, this is our version, what our water can do, what I would do with that. This is how I like to drink my doubles as a downstream later version taught by those guys. Yeah. That's a different thing than people are paying money for beers you can cover up flaws in. Let's make those beers and sell them. And I think what you're mad at is guys who are recreating pictures rather than flavors. And I think think there's still guys out there that believe they can make a better version of cheddar than than other yeah I'm not mad at it by no but I'm saying I think there are those guys I think it's small in a world of 8,000 breweries I think it's 400 guys but I think those 400 guys are the 400 guys we all want to make beers and that's why we keep drinking other people's beers hoping to find them maybe they're wrong but the guys who say I can make beers just like other half are the guys I have contempt for, but they've always existed. That's not a new thing. Yeah. And the guys who think they can make a beer better than other half are the guys I want to drink with and fight with whether they're right or wrong. You know what I'm saying? I, no, no, no. Exactly. And I think it comes down to that, too. Like, um, There's no issue in getting inspiration from someone who came before you. You know, you're in this industry. Sure. You the, dogfi- the Dogfish Heads, the Sam Adams, these breweries have been around longer than most of the ones that are there now there's nothing wrong with taking like a bit and piece here but when you're obviously piggybacking off of something you know like using the, the word boat your jersey brewery or something along those lines and you're going to use that word and you're going to try to make a small like 4.2 aggressively hopped beer that's when you have to step in and be like no you're not like you're playing off of what we already did well, you know, like, so I don't have to. I just, well, I just oh, yeah. have to defend the trademark. But, oh God! All right, so we've gone far enough because I'm forgetting things I was just gonna say. <laughs> but, um, but I get all right. So one of my favorite stories, one of the podcasts I listen to is Pendulette's uh, Sunday mm-hmm. School, and he tells somebody else's story, kind of interestingly to me, where he was an artist or an art student. And he was very worried that because he was such a fan of Picasso, all of his work was too much like Picasso. And he was complaining to a teacher about that. And the teacher said, go copy a Picasso piece. Make an exact copy of Picasso's piece. And the guy brought it in. He said, see all the parts that aren't exactly like Picasso? That's you. That's your art. Find that. And that's where I've always kind of put my artist conceited okay, right? Like, like all right, so, so going back to the one of the many stories I almost just told was back in the day when we were still hatching carton brewing. I, um, I was at a, I was in Chicago visiting my very best friend in the world. He's got kids my kid's age. I've known him since I was five. It's our wives. We go over to the Shedd Aquarium Museum Complex, which is amazing if you've never been in Chicago. It's, yeah. it's just a wonderful series of like 
public funded spaces of art and all kinds of stuff. We go to a museum that's doing this kind of touring chocolate thing. And it's sponsored by somebody. It's some art, I'm sorry, it's some chocolate company's, you know, traveling show. But they're talking about the Mexican chocolate. And I go through this whole like two hour thing with my kids. They're talking about the Aztec chocolates, which I knew the story because I'm a foodie, but they really go deep. And, like, and it's got chilies and cinnamon, and it wasn't sweet. It was kind of bitter. And I walk out of the thing with my children, pull my phone out of pocket, call Jesse, my brew partner, and say, dude, we are going to make a step. It's got chilies and cinnamon and chocolate, and it's going to be bitter, and it's going to be pretty for its bitterness, and we're gonna, it's going to be fun. You're going to love it. And Jesse goes, oh, like... What's the reason we go to Florida every year? Hunapu. Hunapu. Right, so, so like Hunapu Ch- or, or Mexican cake. Yeah. This, is, this yeah. is seven years ago. This is when there were only a couple of these. And I go, the fuck are you talking about? He goes, those are beers. And they're the beers you're talking about. I was like, all right, find some. So he traded and got us a Hunapu and a, and a Westbrook cake. I tell you something, I said, oh, we don't have to make that beer. He's like, because <laughs> that's the beer I wanted to make, and it's made. So yeah. we'll move on. And had I just committed to that seven years ago, I'd have been on the top of that wave of, you know what I mean? Like, clearly there was a thing. Maybe that, maybe that touring chocolate thing started in Florida, went to Virginia, and then I caught it in Chicago. Maybe they were just a year ahead of me because that's how its tour went. Maybe we all are inspired by this thing. I don't know. But the minute I knew that thing existed, I didn't need to do it anymore. And that's my problem with guys who are like, if you think you can make a beer with... Citra and Nelson in it. I get that. If you just know you can do it because Alpine did it eight years ago, it's not interesting to me. If you think you can do it better or uniquely different than them so nobody will compare it to Alpine, then I want you brewing. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. And, my, and, and the question I had, or not question, or the statement or conversation I was going to have was more You were like, never going to have a conversation, but you do that. It seems Almost like after. <laughs> it, it, it seems like it seems like a lot uh, maybe it's just me being cynical douche that I am but it seems like a lot of people aren't trying to do better aren't trying to create they're just trying to get to a point a static point to where their beer is in a range that a lot of people love beer and and that's super uninspiring you know what I mean like you want the reason why you like the person that's trying to make the beer better is because there's somebody that that has a a want and a get to get to a certain point to where they want to create something that's amazing sometimes it feels like people are just trying to like just be but be in a specific region yeah if I can get to the, if I can get to where Augie's at I'd be totally fine like that type of mentality right but, you know, but keep in mind of being part like, of the decision, if I can go better than him but keep in mind part of the decision Chris and I made back when we were in partnership with Jesse was we'd seen, because we're old enough, like, I'm an old man, I'm 47 years old. We saw the breweries of 92, 3, 4 fail. Yeah. Right? And and our argument back then was, look, if, if you cash in your 401k, if you mortgage your house, if you do everything to open your brewery, and your kid needs braces, you save money in that brewery. Right? Yeah. So our thing was... Let's keep our jobs. Let's make Jesse quit his job. And that way, if Jesse's kids need braces, we can afford his kids' braces and not change the beer. And what that's turned into for us is 
like Carton has needed Augie Carton to quit his job for six years, right? Like, like I need to be there. I'm there total, really, 20, 30 hours a week, mostly by email on my commutes and doing all these things. But by keeping my day job, I'm allowed to throw whatever shit I want at the wall and see what comes out. If I quit, I got to make a couple more hazy IPAs than I'm making. Yeah. Right? Right now, I make them when I'm excited by an idea. That's not a liberty everybody has, right? You don't no. get to tell your wife, I'm adding a job. I hope that's cool. I'm going to work one job 50 hours a week and the other 80. Right? Like, it's just, that's not how, not many people get away with that. I get away with that. But I get why people are paying their bills with the things they do. But keep in even at the smallest scale where most of these breweries are talking about it, there's 8,000 breweries in the world, in America right now. 5,000 of them are homebrew kids. Yeah. They got to make beers people want to drink, and they need their friends excited. And as long as their friends are the only people telling the story because the beer is not in Philly and New York, they're right. So why be mad at them? Try it. Know what you think and move on. Let them be. Let, let a neighborhood have the coolest brewery in the neighborhood. Right now, there's, Jersey still only has 90. Fucking Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon has 400,000. 400,000 <laughs> people. They have 200 breweries. We have 7.5 million people. We've got 80. Every fucking brewery in New Jersey can be the coolest brewery in New Jersey to yeah. 500 people. Stop bitching that, that we should be better or worse. And look, I, I think that's like what you said. Like, I mean, I that's how I think beer should be kind of enjoyed, too, is it's the destination, it's the trip, the everything that's behind it. Like, if you're not going to be the big fish in the big pond, like, know where you're at, know your neighborhood, know what that neighborhood likes, and produce that. You know, if that's what you want to do. Like, but, but now you're touching on one of the things I hate about all of marketed culture right now, where I've never called a beer New England IPA because I've only made beer in New Jersey, and I've only made beer I wanted to make and drink. And even though I get that, you know, well, fuck, when Boat came out six years ago, it was too hazy, too hoppy, too this and that. Which now, if I wanted to, I'd be like, New England Session Pale, and everybody would be fine with it, right? It's a ugly little yellow beer that's too much citra hops for anybody. Well, now that's what everybody wants to make, right? But I don't call it that because I've got some local pride. My problem is the guy in New Jersey who's writing New England on his shit to sell something when there's there's just no good reason to do that, right? Like, like just fucking own it. Be patient. Make the New Jersey IPA. If you, if you sit down with me and Mike Kane and Ryan from Cape May three years ago, we had our version of IPAs, right? There's Head High, there's O-Dub, there's Cape Mays. We all had a flavor. There, there is a regionality to our palates. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike's a little different than mine. Mine's a little different than Mike's. Ryan's a little different than both of ours. But they were all in a school. Yeah, they're markedly that was, different than New England. That was the natural thing, and it was an East Coast Jersey thing, right? Because we do get Florida, because we do get Maine, we do get Philly. We do have all that. That was our thing. And a whole bunch of people like, but the word New England sells. Let's just call them New England. And I was like, if, you, if, you, if you've written your recipe to sell or look good rather than taste good at all levels to you, I, I just think you're, you're, you're just shortening your attention span because everybody can do that. Everybody can write the recipe per the buzzwords. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you just stick to your crowd and your ideas... You're going to make it forever if you're in Jersey. If you're in fucking Idaho, you're fucked. Yeah. 
<laughs> Rebel in Jersey is seven and a half million you're people. All, unless you're but, awesome. But you, know, but you gotta be so you, fucking you, awesome. You'll be awesome. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the whole fucking state of Idaho doesn't have the same amount of people as Monmouth County. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that, that's so much more work to do. You gotta be so much more awesome than I gotta be. Like I said, but, yeah, and you, you come from where we're at, like, you know, Philly, millions. New yeah. York City, millions. Yeah. Jersey, millions. But that's what I'm saying. You don't need to fucking attract people trading in Idaho. You need to get your fucking neighbors to drink your beer. But isn't it, like, when you talk about, like, the way. You know, beer is going to change, pivot, whatever you want to call it when it comes to how things will change when all the the beer drinkers of today start to change and evolve into different kind of flavors and stuff like that. Your brewery or those other breweries that are ones that are going to be able to be able to, I'm not going to say stay afloat, I'm sure other people will be able to stay afloat, but just more be able to adjust better because it's not just a singular mindset on what they're trying to do you know what i mean like when you're trying to do what you do and you do what you do based off of what you're trying to do and what you enjoy while at the same time producing good flavor as opposed to just doing specific things to appease the now okay um i think here's my problem with that right like i always go back to the metaphor of art and I always go back to what it is. And I, I always lean on music, right? There's, there are people who have made 20 years. All right, I'll be mean to you too, and I'll do it loving you too, <laughs> right? I, I really do. I've, I'm the playing tonight. But I'm 47 years old, right? Yeah. So you 2 has been part of my life since I was 12. But... They've always done what they do, and they've always been four-instrument rock and roll, and they've gone through all their evolutions. But every every single fucking point in my life, somebody was mad at me for liking War and Under Blood Red Sky and October and whatever. It was All there was was three chords. All there was was a two-hit drum beat. If you really love rock and roll, you can't like that. It's too poppy, and... Then you go to that fucking point where they went all electronica. And there was like, ah, oh, it's just electronica. It's not even rock and roll anymore. I was like, it wasn't fucking rock and roll according to you 10 years ago. So there's a way to be pop forever and be authentic. And I think that's why you two, like, they mean it, right? Yeah, they, I, I they're not know, inauthentic. But is it what you, I hate is inauthenticity. But is it? It's uh, the worst thing. That's actually, like, that's but what, what I'm, everybody What I'm saying hates. is every ba- there are bands out there that tried to be you yeah. two that were copied by a good producer who got three <laughs> hits off. And disappear. As and much as we hate them for being the pop joke. But that's my point, is the opposite end of the spectrum. You're talking about a band getting three hits off U2. That's what I'm trying to talk about, is that U2 can dip into that popular culture and do the popular things and, and do them well, but still progress and morph into something that is current. Whereas you have a lot of other people who just do those U2 things in the moment, get their three songs and they're out. I feel like there's a lot of that going We'll see. We'll see. Everybody keeps talking about bubbles, but it's trends, right? No, there's no bubble. There's not enough beer. But every fucking brewery, whether they make it two years, five years, ten years, if they get 19 ants that would order a Pinot Grigio in this bar to know that they like this one kind of beer and talk to it, think about that, they've added value to our culture, right? People will come back to the flavors we can do. And begrudging them for that like it's no it's all art is always moving and 
There's 50 fucking little tiny bubbles in beer. There's not one. And some will pop and some won't. And if I'm authentic, I'll still be here. And if I'm inauthentic, I won't. And to be fair, I might be authentic and go away anyway. You never know how a guy's funded. You never know what he's depending on. Shit can just stop. And what you got to do, I think, is know what you love and not be satisfied with believing what people love is lovable. Fair enough? Fair enough. Just because uh, it's popular is not good. But just because it's popular doesn't make it bad either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we head out. All right. Let's, no, uh, we got to stay for three more hours. I just oh, missed my boat. Oh, oh no, no, no. That, <laughs> Look at Justin's like, please Uh-oh. let me go home to my wife and child. <laughs> uh, talk about, uh, I, I'm intrigued by the uh, the cart and sour program. Like, okay. like, you've talked about how you've had barrels sitting for a while, and then now that you're opening a new facility, you've talked about taking your old facility and kind of just letting it kind yep. of grow into itself. Go weird. Like, are, is there, are there plans, or is it just like, let it fucking go? Like all carton things, there's a definite <laughs> plan that will definitely not be achieved. But um, So there's three fermenters in that space now. There's a very old, disgusting grappa fooder that I got. Just bring us all the same. <laughs> um, that I got just for like Lambic style shit, like truly weird shit. I can't, I, someday I'll have a proper cool shit, but I don't. So it'll be pitches, you know what I mean? But we'll be pitching proper, you know, all of the above. Pedio, Lacto, Brett, and, and Sack. And that'll be that tank. And that'll usually get blended down to littler barrels for whatever it's going to be, but maybe take some of that out and dose it into a Berliner to give it just a little more definition. The steel is what we call Highlander Vice, which is the base beer for Monkey Chase the Weasel and Doom Fruit and Sakura and all our other kettle soured beers. It'll always be full of that. Sometimes it'll get a fruit treatment. Sometimes it'll be fermented on fruit like mulberry. Um, as style, I tend to like to ferment the fruit. I don't like late additions. I don't want my beer to taste like fruit juice. I want it to taste like beer with fruit. Um, so most of those will be fermentations or cleans that go into a different thing with a new, you know, out of the sack, out of the Brett pitch to ferment. And then there's a brand new oak fooder that's just for saisons. Um, so that's mostly the French saison yeast I love with a little Brett in it because now it's in its own house. So I can do that without worrying about fouling everything in the place. So basically, everything that comes out of there will either be bottled as a Saison Plus or just a clean Saison or a Berliner, we call Highlander, Highlander Weiss Clean or a Highlander Plus or a Lambic, you know, or we won't call it Lambic because that's a territory. Yeah. But I haven't made those yet, so I haven't had to name them yet, so I don't know what it's going to be called. But... um but the true lambics, and they'll be an oud version. Like I'm gonna, like I've got seven-year-old stuff to mix in. I've got five, four, three, two, one-year-old stuff, and we'll grow it up, and we'll get a whole bunch of things. And basically, you know, I've been doing the shipwreck porter thing for five years. Those barrels have been held onto once they're neutral, and I've had two cycles of beer through them to get the lambic. And we just, we're just, it's gonna be all mixed. Like it'll get year dates, and it'll get batch types, and. You going like cork green bottle thing or I'm I'm inclined to the five hundred mil cork thing. Yeah. But brown. Um I like the bottle. If we nail it and it's drinkable by three. 
if we really nail it and it's the kind of thing you can only have four ounces of <laughs> 500s right but it'll, it should be corked right now they'll be capped i'm not buying a corker you know what i mean i'm not ready to yeah. do all that but it'll all be bottle fermented it'll have its time i'll blend them up you know hopefully i'll do my first blend this fall release it next spring are you, you building like uh, cooperage you're getting like wine barrels we have, like but we have them all. So I have an entire, I have an entire three years of beers in the basement that have gone into O'Bear Pinot Noir barrels from California that literally nobody else in the world has because I convinced O'Bear to give me four a year for four years and they stopped because they didn't like doing the work. And the beer's been in there for five, four, and three years. So that's for blending, and we'll you know move them over, clean them out, top them back up, start again. But yeah, mostly, mostly these things I'm not looking to adjunct flavor. I'm looking for neutral barrels. So we've been trying to create neutral barrels with things like Sunday. Like those are all means to an end. Shipwreck, yeah. Sunday, all the coffee variants are ways to denature a barrel two or three times. Get it to where you want it. And then yeah, and you, you will get it clean as fuck. Yeah. And then just let it get weird and see what's going on. And be like, yeah. oh, this will be fun if we mix it with this one. <laughs> You know, then that's my that's my luxury fantasy version of how you do that brewery. And if it doesn't work, I'll be wrong again. I'm wrong all the time, but often right. Well, no, often confident. Sorry, always confident. Always confident. Often wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, that wraps it up because I got to take a whiz. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so, so bad. So bad. It's not even oh, funny. but Justin just brought us new beers. Back new beers. So, uh, and there you go, guys. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, Augie, where do they find you? Uh, where do they find me? Yes. Yeah. Write the Out word carton on yeah, any just, social media, yeah. and I will find you. Not the you. cigarette, but the, no, the, no. the beer. C-A-R-T-O-N. Just, just troll him. He'll and only one Giannaghi. And I will find you, and I will, I, will, I will tell you what I was thinking, and I'll hope it makes sense. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Hopefully you enjoyed our little sit-down, and hopefully talk to you next time. Well, thank, you, thank you for coming yeah. out to Jersey City, guys. It's very accommodating. I appreciate Cheers. it. Cheers. And, oh, we still got to drink yeah, that. Yeah, we got to drink that. All right. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Cheers. Have a good one. <laughs>